Good Gab, sponsored by Skillskin, a nonprofit organization empowering individuals with disabilities through employment. What's up, everybody? Another week, here we go. Um, really excited today. Uh, a long time, uh, impactful organization here in Spokane. Uh, we have the great pleasure to have Amy Vega here, Executive Director of Vanessa Behan. Amy, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. How's your morning going? I, well, other than spilling all over myself, I'm fine. Oh, <laughs> we're twinsies. Right? I felt so bad today. I was like, oh, you don't have a nice press right? shirt on. I was ready. And then no. It just keeps yep. us humble and real. You know, I appreciate it's just that, a right? Humility every once in a while is a good thing. Yeah, <laughs> true statement. Yeah, well, we're in it together, Great, so I appreciate thank you. that. Well, so what's going on at Vanessa Behan these days? Oh, Tell us a little bit about so much. So I typically like to start with the history because some people just don't even know who we are or Definitely. how we got our start and the impact we're having. And so it is kind of a, a tragic start, honestly, um, with the death of a little girl named Vanessa K. Behan, who was just 15 days past her second birthday when she died of child abuse-related injuries in her own home. And there was a gentleman in our town, Bill Bokowski, who was our founder, and he was watching this play out and said, basically not in my backyard. He had young kids himself and wanted to know what he could do to prevent that from happening to another child. And so he started looking to places to volunteer and didn't find the right place for himself. He wanted to be on the prevention side, not the reactive side of child abuse and neglect. And so as he was traveling around, he was in Arizona and was talking to somebody about what their community did and came across this idea of a crisis nursery. Okay. And so he thought he'd move back to or come back to Spokane and find our crisis nursery and start volunteering. And of course, when he didn't find one, he kept talking about it. And um, his lovely wife finally said, then do something. Wow. And so she was kind of the premise for her, him saying, let me get together the right group of people and get this crisis nursery off the ground. And so that's really how we got our start. And the, the, idea is that we're open 24 hours a day, seven days a week, really there to support families and keeping their children safe. So anytime a parent is overwhelmed or stressed out, maybe has an appointment or um, a situation that isn't child friendly, bring the kids to us where they can have a great time playing and we can work with the parents to make sure that they're getting things resolved for themselves. So we have been doing that for 36 plus years now wow. and impacting probably over 100,000 kiddos, um, a million hours of care, and just really, again, really working on how do we support children and families in our community to make them as strong as possible. So one thing I would like to start with, too, is that 90% of who a child is going to be, be is brain development-wise, is done by the time they're five years old. We keep hearing that on the yeah. show. We've had a lot of people who are in, in your world. Yeah. I My mind's blown. Isn't and it? Yeah. So that's where the impact needs to happen. Exactly. five and under. Yep. Long before our kids even show up in school to learn, their framework is wired. And so the more impact and, and opportunity we can have with those kiddos, the better they're going to be in the long run. So, you know, and parents are just parenting the way that they oftentimes were parented. Sure. And oftentimes that's maybe not the most healthy and they don't know any better. And so if we can help support them um, and, and be there alongside them in that journey, then they're going to be better off and so will their children. Well, let me ask this. Let's play, play a hypothetical with me. So I'm a parent and, yeah. you know, I'm just, I'm I hear about Vanessa Behan. I don't know what's going on. Like, how would I access? Would I just make a phone call? Yep. Would I show up? Like, how how do I do that? We ask parents to give us a call because it allows yeah. us to plan for a time to bring them in when we have the staff available to make sure the dynamics of the kids are, are there and where the timing is just right and that we're really addressing 
the bigger picture, right? And so parents call and we talk about what time they want to bring their children in and then they come in and do their what we call an intake and that's just really gathering information. Let us know about you, um, let us tell you about us and our policies and our procedures, what kind of activities your child will be doing and then really just getting how can we best care for your kiddo and you as a parent to say when you leave here what is what is your goal? What are you hoping to accomplish and how can we support you in that? So there's some full supports from kiddo to parent, all the all. We want to do kind of that wraparound, yeah. right? You can't, it was Jeffrey Canada who did the um, Harlem Children's Zone in New York always said, you can't save children without supporting parents. And I think Makes so sense. often in our community, we want to support the children because they're the innocent, right? Yep. And the parents are the ones who are making these quote unquote bad choices. Yeah, we want to vilify them. Absolutely. And really, they're just our kids grown up without the right support system. And so you really have to come at it from that perspective of the parents that call us are doing their absolute best. They want their children to be in a good place. And that's why they call us. So what do you tell someone if they're like feeling really embarrassed and like, oh, I just don't want to do this? It's, like, you know what, I think our society does not lend to supporting parents and asking for help. We have this mentality of pull yourself up by the bootstraps. We should all know how to be great parents. And that's just not the reality, right? Where do you learn to be a good parent if you didn't have great parents yourself um, and had lots of practice at it? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense, right? No, not just, at all. Just like, you know, leaders of organizations. I bet you weren't born, you know, the perfect executive director, right? Just ask my staff. <laughs> They'll tell you. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's, it's learned. Learned behavior and time and... Yeah. And often so, mistakes, right? We yeah. try to go through. So our yeah. goal is really how do we normalize this yeah. asking for help in our community and saying it's okay. Um, it can be a situational thing. Maybe you have a death in the family or somebody's in a hospital and you need to be with them, but your children can't go with you. Um, so it doesn't have to be this kind of philosophy that they're bad parents. It's a tough situation that they're in. And so how do we, again, come alongside them and support them through the season, whether that's just for a few hours, a few days, or maybe it's ongoing because if the, you know, maybe a mom is now a single parent and that becomes a big challenge. So you might be, your organization might be in relationship with a family for years years or hours exactly okay. you got it we might see them one yeah. time and we might see them dozens of times and that's incredible honestly the more often we get to see the child the better mm -hmm. impact we're going to have and while we have our kiddos we work really hard to make sure that we're nurturing everything about their development um, so they're getting practice where they might not be getting somewhere else if they're not in preschool or early childhood education or um, getting those enriching opportunities we know we can provide that when they're with us i love it amy how'd you get into this by accident. <laughs> I love that even <laughs> more. That right? Well, tell us that so, story. I, well, when <laughs> I started off in college, I was going to go into business. Um, and I, I hate admitting this, but it's so true. I failed. I got kicked out of college a couple of times um, because my grades just weren't there. And so I decided to volunteer for Big business Brothers. Business sucked, by the way. I was in the marketing program and I hated it. <laughs> I was like, this is what college is? Right. And thank goodness I found like a political communication <laughs> class somewhere else. And I'm like, I'm never getting a job. I don't care. I just, yeah. I, I can't do that. Yeah. It's so <laughs> funny how we just kind of stumble into things. And now to, to laugh in the fact that I didn't, I failed in business classes and yet I'm now running huh. a business. Um, so I've got really smart people around me. Uh, but I decided to volunteer for Big Brothers and Big Sisters. And so in okay. that experience, as I was going through my interview process, I'm like, this woman's job who's interviewing me is fascinating. And I think I started asking her more questions than she was asking me. And so when I realized she was a social worker, I thought, I need to look into that. 
So I finally got back into school, did social work, and did fine, made it on the dean's list, graduated fine. Because, exactly, I found where I belonged. Um, And then in doing my internship, I was at the University of Montana in Missoula, and my intern supervisor had been one of the first social workers at this place called Vanessa Behan Crisis Nursery. So when I moved to Spokane right out of college to the big city, that was there was You're a job like, hey, advertised. It's a big city. They were looking for a job. I applied. I'm like, I had no idea what I was going to be doing. I started off working graveyards with our kiddos. So really direct service, fell in love with what we do there, the impact we get to have, how we get to tailor it to each individual child and parent. It's not cookie cutter. And we get to just, again, I keep saying this, walk alongside them, but that's really it. You build a relationship with the families and support them. I love it. It's empowering people. It's not that's saving it. anyone. We're just empowering right because yes yeah let me hold your hand yeah. and then someday somebody's gonna hold my hand right obviously somebody held my hand many times along the way to get where i'm at me too so how do you repay that oh incredible so nights is this at the perry district that uh, old building it was the very very first building so it's yeah. a little tiny two-story house okay. um yeah and it was Perry District and graveyards and yeah and i loved it i um i really had an incident where i was working a um uh Sunday swing for somebody when they'd call out sick and came into work and there was no kids. I thought, oh boy, it's going to be a long day. But a mom who'd never used us called and she had a son who was autistic. And so she was really nervous about bringing him into us and our ability to care for him. And we thought, yeah, well, like, what do you know? Yeah, yeah. And, and really, what did we know? I was fairly new at Vanessa Behan, but there was two staff members and no kids. Um, so we're like, we're we like, think yeah, we, we can, can probably this. figure this out, right? And so mom was really apprehensive. And we finally said, you know, normally it's all confidential. Parents don't get to go in and see where kids are at. And I can explain that later. But in this situation, we had no kids. So we said to mom, you know what? Just come in. See how we wor- work with him so that you're comfortable. And then when you feel comfortable with our ability to care for him, then you can leave and we'll continue to care for him. And so I thought 30 minutes, right? Like how long sure. did it take for her to see that we're, we're okay? Four hours. She was still there. And in that processing, and I realized she, we were there more for her than her son. Uh-huh. She was a mom who was married, had um, a good income, was what I used to say was had the luxury of being a stay-at-home mom. But in hindsight, now as a mother myself, that might not have been a luxury for her. Um, and so she had all the the makings of what you would think was a, a perfect life. And yet she was struggling and calling us. I think she was missing that social connection. And so as we continued to talk to her, she said a couple of things that just were mind blowing. She said, I don't know if I'm the right mom for him. Wow. Um, and she'd never had a break from him at four years old. So here we were giving her her first break from this child. So great visit. At the end of the four hours, she said, you know what, we're fine. I'm going to take him home. And we just said, call us back if you ever need us. And she did. Um, and I got the chance to sit down and do her intake with her shortly, a few months after that. And she said that night, her intent when she called us was to drop this little boy off with us and to commit suicide because she was so overwhelmed as a parent. And that was my turning point in my aha moment that we do good things for kids, but we all do pretty. We also do pretty incredible things for parents. And that just says, we all get lonely. We uh-huh. all feel isolated at some point. And how we come together as a community and support each other is so important. What a story. So well, and quite an impact, right? And, and that's why probably I'm not, you know, not that uncommon either. I know in the disability space, that's the world that Skillskin's in, and right. you know the the stories of parents not getting a break. We, we hear that, yeah. especially when, you know, kids out of high school are coming into the workforce. They're like, oh, whoa, right. this is working? Okay. Yeah. And sometimes they have some hard times detaching in that moment, too. But we're <laughs> like, we'll help do. you. Right. Yeah, we'll right. help. Yeah, and you're walking, along, yep, walking along, alongside them. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, talk a little bit about the evolution, because now I'm really interested. We started in a house, right. and then 
obviously there's a big need and so then the community started to rally around and and help build this yeah our community has been phenomenal we are privately funded um, and so our first location we actually were turning away more children than we were serving and so we purchased the property next to us and built our second facility and then tore down that first one for our parking lot and we um, lived in that for about 20 years and i've been around long enough to see that transition from the first building to the one the third one we're in now and i remember walking into our second building and saying we've arrived. I could never imagine us right. needing more space than we have right here. 20 years later, we we could have gotten $20 million and we couldn't have taken care of another child. And so there was this reality of there's still need and we haven't met that need yet. And so that's when we went along the process of building the facility we're in now. It's three times as large as where we were. And um, we have this process of, you know, as you're building something like you have to build the building first and then you fill it. So yep. we're not at capacity yet Good. and we will get there. Yes, um, but that's can continues it, to grow. Well, and it's a financial thing for mm-hmm. us. So um, we have a, a gap between what we can afford right now and where we'll get to to fill that entire building, but we'll get there. And so the evolution was when we built this current facility was really looking at what is our history in the, we, what we were 20 or probably 30 some odd years into this. We had a lot of history. Yeah, you we knew, knew what you needed. Yeah, we knew it was working. We knew it wasn't working. We knew Spokane really well. And so we really just kind of did this a needs assessment of what's missing in our community and where does it make sense for us to pick up some of those pieces. And so we've added a few things in there. We have a place called our Stay, Play, and Learn where parents can just come in and hang out with their kiddos. So maybe they're homeless and they don't have a place to, to spend with their child. Um, maybe they are in between appointments. Maybe they just are struggling as a single parent and don't have a lot of friends and connections. And maybe they're just looking for somebody to guide them in this season with their child uh-huh. of what the behavior is doing, what their child is meaning by this behavior. And so they can come in and just hang out. We have a parent educator in there and that kind of supports them. Drop in? Drop in and hang yeah. out, right? So that parents and children can be there together. And then our main uh, portion of the work that we do is what we call our respite care. And that's where parents drop off their children. Children can stay for up to 72 hours. And that really is giving wow, those parents the opportunity. It can be. And there's no limit to how often a family can come back. So, and we're always looking at that gray area, right? 72 hours might not be enough for somebody. And if, we, we, so we were checking in with the parent, right? If you were the parent that came in and dropped off your child at the end of that 72 hours, we would be asking, did you resolve what it was that you brought you to us? And if you said no, then we'd be looking at, is this the right situation to send the child back home in? Or should we be working a little bit more in depth to say, let us keep them a few more hours another day and really pour into how do we help you get through whatever the situation so this is. this is super targeted support and tailor-made. Absolutely. Each situation. Absolutely. So yes. effective. I hope so. Yeah. Right? Yeah, well, we think yeah. so. Well, the cookie yeah. cutter approach, you know, for everyone, that doesn't seem that great. So right. I love what, what I'm hearing. Yeah. yeah. So and again, we always say it's about relationships. So I know I was just telling somebody this the other day, 80% of our budget goes to staff and staff related expenses. So, you know, to payroll taxes and benefits and things like that. But that's where change happens. Yeah. That's in that relationship. And so it's so important that our staff is building a great relationship with our children and same with our parents, right? If so, we, so how has that staff grown? How many people are on your team now? We have over 80 staff members. Oh yeah, that's uh, big. Yeah, it's big, but we need we need to grow more. I th- I'm sure everybody's facing it. I would imagine you guys are too, but sure. shorting, you know, staffing shortages are a tough thing right now. So getting people to, to come and want to work um, nights and weekends is tough. Is what's kind of like the makeup like of professional clinical folks and then just, you know, like admin staff? Yeah. That's a really good question. We have about 14 administrative staff members. And then we just last year did a real deep dive into kind of our hiring philosophies and really felt like 
we want to hire the right people. That doesn't always necessarily mean a degree uh-huh. or an education or a, a trained skill set, right? And we have this philosophy of doing it the nursery way. Um, Tell us more. So, right. So <laughs> even though we took crisis nursery out of our name, we still call it the nursery yeah. way. But it's really about how we train our staff, right? We can, tr- you can come with all kinds of education, but that doesn't always translate into being good at building a relationship with other people. Right. So we really want people Which who have Which is critical a heart. to that moment, right, yes. when you're supporting. Yeah, well, and sometimes we get some pretty tough kiddos in there, right? We can sometimes be the last stop for a child who's really struggling with their behaviors. Maybe they've been kicked out of school or childcare, and they come to us. And they have to be successful with us because if we aren't successful with that child, that sets the child's framework about themselves when it isn't about the child. It's about the adults and the environment, right? I'm a firm believer that if we haven't helped a child be successful, that's not about the kiddo. We haven't had the right environment. Our staff wasn't trained the right way. We didn't have the right tools for the what we, we needed and so we work really hard to make sure that kids are successful and that you can't always train or, i mean sorry you don't come naturally with right you have, you have to have a heart for that when a child is hitting or kicking or spitting at you that's really tough i can imagine and so you have to have yeah. that ability to understand where that's coming from that child's not targeting you that child is living out their life and their experiences and their frustrations and it's coming out at you i love that philosophy at Skillskin, we start just got me thinking. Yeah. We uh, we call it you know matching our values. Yeah. So finding people who kind of match up with our company values, and and then the rest will come. Right. Like we can teach a lot of things. Yeah. And it's changed our whole company culture, and I think we've been a lot more effective. Yeah. Uh, when we kind of moved in our hiring practices. That How long way. ago was that? This is just before COVID. Okay. Yeah. Like, and then, Good timing. Know, it was great timing <laughs> because we made this decision yeah. and then we were already locked in. So we just carried it, carried through. it through and it worked yeah. for us. So we got real lucky in that way. Yeah. Um, okay. So 80 staff, like there's got to be, I know there's volunteer opportunities, mm-hmm. right? What does that look like yeah. for, for our listeners who maybe are like, hey, I want to get involved? Absolutely. Yeah. We need volunteers in lots of different places. So working directly with our kiddos is one place. Um, but for those who maybe aren't that season where I really want to help Vanessa Behan, but I don't know that my skill set with kids is quite there, our receptionists at the front desk are all volunteers. Um, and so cool. That's a great so they're place. the first point of contact then sometimes. Yeah. So major impact is Major a impact. And they're also seeing yeah. a lot of reality of what's going on in our community. They're giving out diapers and wipes and formula, having conversations with our parents, working with those who are coming in to visit. Maybe there are supporters of ours or coming in for meetings. So a really fun job. Uh, we'll look for volunteers who will help us in our state play and learn. We also operate the, it's called the children's waiting room. It's uh, a child care on the campus of the courthouse. And so families who okay. are dealing with business on the courthouse can drop their children off there um, for a few hours or for the day while they go take care of. That sounds transformative right there. Right. Right. Because I mean, to... what are you going to choose? Like if you can't take your child somewhere, like maybe you miss your, your court date. Right. Right. And or all sorts of things come out from that. Or you take your child with you, and they're now exposed to these adult conversations and situations. And so, I didn't um, even put that together. Right. That makes so, sense. Yeah. So our so we love that, and our, we would love to be able to run that with more volunteers. It would really cut the cost on that program, uh, which is, you know, huge when you right. can save some money in a nonprofit. Very creative. <laughs> What well, else is brewing? Oh <laughs> my gosh! Well, so many things. Y'all as far see as needs growth. and just. 
go and film. We really, you know, we do, we oftentimes do. We get approached with a lot of ideas and things you want to do, and then sometimes you have to scale back and say, okay, do we have the bandwidth right. to do this? Is it our lane? Right? I don't. We don't need to duplicate services. We want to know we are the experts in one thing, and when we're not, our community is so rich with resources. Yeah. Let's partner with the other organizations, and so we've been doing that. We um, one thing we really think is important that families have access to lots of resources. Therapy is one of those that's really hard to get into. And so in our new facility, we designed three spaces and said to the community, if you can come and provide your services on site, it would be a win-win, right? And so we have a therapist from Lutheran Community Services there that's one full day a week. And so um, if he's got families he's working with and has have children that need childcare, they show up, drop their children off, and then go to therapy right on site. Um, and then we also then can Incredible. access. Incredible. So it's right there. Right. Just And we yeah. don't need to be one-stop shopping for everything. Yeah. But when it makes sense, it makes sense. And so if families are dealing with childcare needs and a social service need, then if we can invite those organizations into our building, that just makes sense. It also means we're not hiring a therapist. We're not insuring a therapist. We're not paying a therapist when there's really great ones already in our community. And they're just busting at the seams with space. So it's been a really nice partnership. We've doing, we're doing that with um, partners with children and families. And then we're just looking at where are all the places that we refer our families and then making those invites and saying, we have space if it would make sense. Are people well? People are obviously taking you up on yeah. that. But yeah, yeah. I love it when uh, organizations can, you know, collaborate and really yeah. impact, you know, whatever population we're serving. Yeah, it's just better. Well, Why do the same thing? Right, right. <laughs> it's it, exactly. And the other piece that happens in that too is then if they're bringing their families into our building, Vanessa Bickenhand's no longer so scary. Because there's a huge myth out there that we're connected to CPS and children, people are going to lose their children or only bad parents or neglectful parents use Vanessa Behan. And so if we can demystify that and say, we're a normal organization, we're here to support anybody, get you in the building, you're like, oh, this isn't so scary. Start to see the building, the, you meet the staff, yep. you kind of see the culture, and all of a sudden you're like, I won't be so scared the next time I feel like I need that. And they're going to tell their friends. Right. And that yeah. is really word of mouth. And again, why we're confidential, because we tell families what we promise them we won't share who's using our services. If a parent went back, they'd see all the kids and they'd go like, I know them, 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 and them. <laughs> so yes. Yes. Like, that's no, why we have that confidential here's rule. Here's the wall. <laughs> right. <sighs> Which is really hard because we, you know, when you're saying to a parent about childcare, don't you dare leave your child at a childcare center that you don't go in and meet the staff and see Except the space. And, then, <laughs> and But trust us, right? So you have to earn that trust. Well, and 30 plus some time. years of being in the community, I think you have. I hope so. Yeah. But you know, it's, it's scary. It's a scary thing to ask somebody to help you with your most precious commodity, right? Your own children. That's scary. Yeah, I try to think about it even just for myself. Yeah. It would be really, really hard. Right? Asking complete when, strangers. Yeah, yeah, but when that need is there, it's like, right. where do you turn to? Yeah. And the beautiful oh. thing about Vanessa, because our staff is trained, there's there's line of sight on supervision on our kids at all time. No staff members ever left alone with children. So we're licensed by the state. So you know you're getting good quality care versus maybe leaving them at your next door neighbor's house or your friend's house. Our newspaper is full of stories where parents made those decisions and it wasn't safe. Um, and so we just hope parents will think twice about that and say, do I really know? Do I trust? What's the danger in calling a complete stranger and just asking? Ask those, call us and ask those questions about what it would be like to use our services and then make that decision. And maybe save a kid. You hope so. Right. Yeah. So our listeners can come volunteer. Yep. We can, obviously we can donate money. Um, I, I think I've seen a few times over the years, like where there's, you know, products too, right. That we can bring. Uh, Absolutely. Yep. We do diapers, wipes, formula. Um, so 
all those tangible needs things. Is that something if like right now they're like, I feel inspired. Would they go to your website and yes. could they see what's in you we need? We have a needs list there. We okay. have an Amazon link. So people don't even want to get out of the house. They can just pop onto Amazon and order. Oh, hold on one tight. Dang. We got to capture that. Tony, it's this microphone. I do. Here, will you, will you click it? Sorry. It's time for a break. Yeah. <laughs> Sponsor break. It feels like now, it, now. Wasn't, it wasn't being touched either. It was just kind of weird. No, it's just, it's it, kind of you can see it's breaking. Yeah, that, we've been here since day one, mm -hmm. and then people started to abuse this stuff. And Community Minded Enterprises just bought us a uh, studio. Oh my gosh, so, that's awesome. Yeah, so that, that happens, what, two weeks? Oh. Yeah, so we're almost out of here. That's got to yeah. feel so good. It does, and I'm sorry that, no. that that's <laughs> happening to you. That's okay. Okay, well, let's kind of jump back in there, because, um, yeah, people definitely want to know how they can connect. Um, where were we, Dana? Um, how can Needs. people drop off um, supplies or order supplies? Perfect. Okay. Yeah. Do your magic, Tony. <laughs> So yeah, we, we have volunteer opportunities and you know, I've know I've I've seen, you know, the needs list come up. Where, where does that exist? Yeah. Can we go to your website? It's on our website. Huh. We have our needs list listed of things that we can use. Um, we have a link to our Amazon account. So if people don't want to leave their house and just want to shop and have it sent directly to us, they can do that as That's well. That's my style. So, I right? like that. Yep. Yeah. I will say, even though our, we operate 24-7, do dropping off donations is not 24-7. Please come through business hours, 8.30, yeah. 4.30, Monday through Friday. Um, on the weekends and after hours, our staff is pretty limited and focused on kids and families. What would someone expect if they came and dropped off supplies? Would they get to see a little bit of what's going on or would just they kind of see the desk? They, they would see the desk. If families are picking up diapers and formula, they might see a little bit of an interaction. They would see our timeline. We have this beautiful new timeline on our wall that kind of just talks about our history and shows some pictures and, and moments in our history. Um, so they could take a look at that. But if people want to come up for a visit, we really encourage that. So um, we would ask them to just go onto our website and click, I think it's info at or admin at Vanessa Behan. Um, but there's a link on there and just email us. Um, we are firm believers in, I can talk about this all day, but Please until you do. come and see it, <laughs> Until you come and see it, it doesn't always make sense, right? And so when we can show you the impact we're having. Well, I feel inspired because so. I had been in the old uh, facility, yeah. but I have not seen the new oh. one. And This new I one, know. I love the fact that we were able to take, again, our 30 years of history, um, what we knew kids needed, and really just dream with a great architect firm and just say, what could this look like? And so Who people, did you partner with? NAC. Okay. And then Boughton built the facility. Nice. And the nice thing about it is that people walk in and say, it's beautiful. And I'm sometimes I almost feel like I need to apologize that a nonprofit has such a beautiful building. And then I think our kids always get second best yeah. so that our kids get to come in and see the most beautiful building, the most state-of-the-art equipment, the best staff in town. I can't apologize for that. No. So, right? We can be proud of we, that. Right? We cut corners, corners in all of our staff offices, but <laughs> the kids' Naturally. area is pretty phenomenal. Oh, incredible. Um, so what's the future look like? What, what are your, what's everyone dreaming about right now? Growth. Really, okay. it's all about growth. We turn away. I think, and let me see if I can think of the stats. Um, we are turning away. Well, I can, let me give you a couple of examples. So we're turning s hundreds of kids away a month. We serve about 600 a month, turning away two to 300 a month. Um, we had and one. we have the space. And we have the space. Uh -huh. We had one weekend in February where we turned away 70 requests for care. 70 in one weekend, um, which is heartbreaking. Those are families who needed us in that moment. And now we will get them in. We say, keep calling until we get you in. So by the 
you know, we're going to serve those families. But in that and moment that when they needed us, we had to say no. Um, and so we, again, you said it, we've got the space. It's just that, that gap between our budget right now and where it needs to be. And it's a big one. It's about a $4 million budget. Um, but break that down and, and we're talking 400 people at $1,000 a year. Our community can handle that. Yeah, they That's can. doable. That is so doable. So it doesn't matter. It It all adds up. Right. And that's what I love about our organization. You know, Bill, our founder was like, we are going to be built on people who are giving $5 a month. And I remember probably the first week in my new job as the ED, one of my jobs is opening the mail seems so mundane. And yet you can see the feeble handwriting in a $10 check. And you think that $10 to that woman was probably like $1,000 or $10,000 to many other people, right? And she took the time to make that gift. And it has an impact. Every dollar has an impact. It's a story that I want to be a part of. Well, we talk about it being an investment, right? Like we invest in our 401ks, but this just has a different return on it. It's our children's lives and it's our community. Exactly. Amy, I love it. How long have you been executive director? I think it's about 13 years. I've been there 27 years. Start, like I said, started off working graveyards with our kiddos, had the opportunity to be the program director and oversee our programs for about eight years. And then just thought, you know, I love what we get to do. If when this job came open, I'm like, I don't know if I'm quite ready for it. And clearly my staff at that time would definitely tell you I was not, Um, but the board took a chance on me and I have just, (laughs) I guess I have the stick with it attitude, right? (laughs) You're going to have to kick, if it's not working, you're going to have to kick me out because I'm just going to keep trying until we get it right. And right, you got it. We're still, you know, yeah. I, there's things. There's always opportunities. We say almost perfect. We will never be perfect, but we will always evaluate and say, how can we do better next time? You heard it here, everybody. Almost perfect. Yeah, because perfection, it might be impossible, it's right? Indeed. Yeah. Amy, anything else you need to tell us today? Oh, just thank you to our community. If, if you see that building, that is bought and paid for by this community. We owe no money on that building. So every dollar now is going to ca- the future of caring for the kids that are in there and not paying for the past of our buildings. So this is a community agency that's been built on the community and is fueled by the community and will continue to support the community. Let's call to action, everybody. Come support, figure out how to connect. Amy, thanks for joining us today. Thank you very much. I appreciate the time.